You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Odyssey Sports presents Big Time Baseball with former Major Leaguer Tony Gwynn Jr. and Odyssey Insider Cody Decker. Well, the regular season has come to an end, and the playoffs are now cemented. And, Cody, you know, based off our predictions uh, last week, we both went 50, uh, one one out of two. Uh, But it doesn't it feel like this is how it was meant to be? Welcome into Big Time Baseball. I'm Tony Gwynn Jr. alongside my partner, Cody Decker. And, Cody, we both said we both had – Two of the the monsters in, right? I think I had the Yankees. You had the Red Sox getting in. They both get in. Toronto misses out uh, 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 along with the Mariners. It kind of feels like this is how it was meant to be a little bit. A little bit. And with a lot of, you know, excitement for the future. Because you got both the Toronto Blue Jays and the Seattle Mariners just missing out on the playoffs. Both young, dynamic, exciting ball clubs who I think are going to be here to stay for the future. Because look at that AL West. That's not, that, that division doesn't really impress me. They already seem no. to have surpassed the Oakland A's. The Houston yeah. Astros don't seem like the powerhouse Houston Astros we've been dealing with for the last decade. The Angels seem to be just still nowhere near finding themselves. And the Texas Rangers are practically not even in the major leagues. So I'm really excited about the Seattle Mariners' future. But you look <laughs> over there at the East. Man, This how about Ooh. them Toronto Blue Jays, man? Do, you, do, you, do they give you some... Someone on Twitter said it to me this morning, in fact, that it feels like 2015 Chicago Cubs. And I can feel the same way because it feels like 2014, um, you know, 2013, 2014 Kansas City Royals to me for the Toronto Blue Jays. Like they feel like they are right there, maybe one more piece and they're going to be unstoppable. Yeah, no, it, it does feel like that's a team that is they're beyond on the rise. They're they're here now. Can they take that next step forward next year? I think, and, and I, to your point, what makes it exciting is they're not the only team like that. The teams that just missed out this year are all teams that end up being uh, teams that are, are, are exciting. They're young. They're maybe one or two pieces away. Certainly, uh, the Blue Jays fit that description. The Mariners fit that description. Um, and, and so it sets up, and I mean, it's not just in the, in, in the American league. It's also the same way in the national league. Uh, you got the Cardinals, although there's some older guys and they got a bunch of young talent. Uh, the Padres, although they were disappointing by, by everybody's account, 
they got a lot of young talent too. So uh, there are a bunch of teams like that. That Nash, that American League wild card was a doozy. I was hoping for all chaos. It almost happened, but the Yankees and Red Sox took care of business. Yep, I wanted I wanted pure chaos. I wanted all four teams. I wanted all four so teams, I. and I wanted two games today. It's what I wanted. However, we didn't even get one ounce of chaos. No. It looked like the Red Sox were going to give us a little bit because they, but they ended up coming back and beating the Nationals on Sunday uh, afternoon to make this thing set. But here's what here's the thing: this is actually I don't hate this, and I'll tell you why. It feels like this is like the last one. It feels like the changing of the guard in Major League Baseball is about to happen. Okay, guys, we're going to give you one more Yankees Red Sox. But for a while, the guard's about to change. Especially, especially for it seems like the Yankees. Uh, they are a team that is, is, is a little bit older. They got a lot of question marks. Now, listen, the one thing they have on their side is money. So they can pull themselves out of this uh, really quickly. Uh, but it does feel like we're at like the very end of a chapter with the Red Sox-Yankees uh, kind of rivalry going on. It'll always be a rivalry, but being on prime time, it seems like it's starting to kind of fade to black a little bit. It'll be one last hurrah. Uh, let's talk a little bit about what you remember about the 2021 season or how you will remember the 2021 season. First things first, how I'm going to remember this season was just this was maybe the most exciting baseball I've ever watched. Ever. Yeah, this was yeah. so much fun this season. You know, full crowds back out there, especially after the year we just had uh, seeing fans out there, seeing crowds out there, seeing fans getting into it, seeing people, you know, seeing, seeing fans get into it in different ways. I think one good thing 2020 gave us was it gave us more of like an online presence for fandoms and for better or worse. But, right. you know, getting to see Padre fans shake it up with Dodger fans, with Giants fans, seeing how the game is evolving on the digital aspect right now um, is and seeing the game move forward. This has been a real exciting year. I do think everything new era did was a was a misstep. Like almost every hat was put out by Major League Baseball may have been a, a step backwards. But outside of that, you know, what a hell of a year. What a, what a great season. Baseball was incredible. Um, the talent level of baseball right now, I think it is at its greatest it's ever been. One of the things that I think is very apparent is how young and how much young talent Major League Baseball has right now. And um, I think it's it's set up to be um, in a – to have one of those runs where, like – you had the 90s when you had the Bonds and the Griffies and and those type of players all coming through at the same time. You might have that working here uh, starting here in 2021. I think the other thing this season reminded us of is why baseball plays 162 games. I think the 60-game season, don't get me wrong, we needed it at that time and it was it, it, it served its purpose, but getting back to watching 162 games for me, brought back that appreciation for the guys who can manage that type of season. It is not an easy deal for not only individuals, but for teams, right? We saw the Padres roll through a 60-game season, look terrific, look almost unbeatable, right, other than the Dodgers. And then we saw that same team really struggle down the stretch. If the season would have ended at 60 games, this team would have been a playoff team again. But it was 162, and it's just it, it gives you a, a better idea of why it's difficult to win divisions, 
to have good teams in a in a 162 game season. Yeah, and it really was. And and it, what you mentioned it, the young the young names. Think about these names that are going to be at the top of the list of MVP this season. You're going to have guys like Juan Soto, what 22 years old, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., 22 years old, Fernando Tatis Jr., 21 <laughs> years old. Yeah, like it's yeah, just yeah. it's just the ridiculous amount of star power at these ages. The baseball, I really think, is in its best position ever going forward. I feel yeah, like we're it, finally going to have stars. Right. And you still have the likes of the Mike Trouts who are reaching their prime prime right now. Right. Uh, uh, Manny Machado. I mean, you still have those type of players uh, that can have huge impacts. We didn't even mention guys like Trey Turner. Uh, Walker Bue. I mean, they have there's some bona fide stars now. Baseball. That Listen, just because. Uh, you have these guys doesn't mean that it's going to turn into gold like major league baseball and the players they've got to find a way to get on the same page first and then capitalize on all of this talent because clearly uh, there's a lot of it out there all right uh, biggest takeaways uh, part of my biggest takeaways was going from 60 to 162 my other big takeaway was it I mean we still for all of the kind of not pressing your foot on the gas early, right? Because there was a lot of hesitation uh, on what the fallout would be from going, especially in terms of pitchers, going from 60 to 162 uh, and the innings load that had it. Uh, we saw a lot of teams really go uh, very conservative early on. It didn't seem to really help. There still seemed to be a gang of injuries, uh, a lot of soft tissue injuries this year. Um, that you start to question, you know, is this the right route to be going, right? Because Major League Baseball has made the shift in terms of a lot of the pitchers, right? They, the philosophy has changed, right? Let's, let's go, let's redline you as long as possible, cut down on injury by you only having to go a shorter period of time, but it doesn't seem to really be working out. It seems like injuries are, are just as bad, if not worse, than they were prior to this kind of shift in thought process, Cody. Yeah, and it seemed like a nice idea at the time to try, but you know, it's so it's so, it's so weird. Anytime you try and change something in baseball, it's always chaos because we're so <laughs> set in our ways. Like, right, you, right. oh man, you you feel you feel good. You had a long week. Why don't you take not one game off, take two games off, and you come back after two games off, and you feel like you've been off for a month. Month. Like yeah, yeah. baseball is just the weirdest beast when it comes to that. And yeah, anytime you make a change that you think is for the betterment of players, sometimes it, it can go the exact opposite. We saw it. Ha we saw something similar happen in San Diego this season. You know, you, they thought they were going to pull back all their starters, roll out their bullpen a little bit more and thinking that, hey, we're going to save our arms for the second half. And it completely backfired. It yeah. wasn't necessarily yeah. a bad decision. It was just something they tried that they thought truly they were going to be ahead of the curve. And it ended up absolutely torpedoing the year in San Diego. So it's just one of those things. It's it's amazing that we're still learning. How to play 162. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, there, it, there is, you know, as every sport should, you try to evolve, right? But there are some swing and misses in there. And, and that's why you have to continue to look. Um, you have to continue to look for ways to try to better the game, try to keep these players healthy. The other thing that I can't believe I'm about to say this, because um, it's taken me a while to get here. But I think we are in need of some type of automated strike zone. I, 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 I have not been on that train, but 
Um, I yes. think it's necessary. I think, yes, I think it's yes. necessary, Cody. You have finally come to the dark side with me. I've been waiting for you for so long. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome to hell. Yeah, hey, listen, I listen and listen, I, I watch these games on a consistent basis. These the umpires do a terrific job. Most of them are in the the the, the 90 percentile range. Um, but it's not necessarily those calls. It's it's the 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 ones that are missed in big spots uh, that have an outcome of the game. And the truth be told, even at that point, even if it's just that one call, it has a it, it affects the outcome. I don't want to be that guy, Tony, but I, I, we just finished talking about the the Yankees and the Red Sox, and the Yankees won a game against the Red Sox just four days ago on a blown call by Joe West, which changed not only that game. We can't sit here and pretend we're looking at the Seattle Mariners going home, the Toronto Blue Jays going home. That one missed strike call ended a season for a team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so... That that doesn't change the, the fact that these umpires are pretty good at what they do. That, however, however, it you don't want it having a lasting impact on uh, you don't want to have a lasting impact on the game, especially mm-hmm. when you get down to these type of races and you literally are on to the last day and it has it has an impact. So I've come over to the dark side, as you say, Cody. Welcome, 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 Tony. We are so happy to have you. Welcome. (laughs) Because, yeah, I think it's time. I think it's time for the automated strike zone, at least a semblance of it. There's got to be some way that they can maybe, maybe not entirely take the call out of the umpire's hands, but he has more of a barometer that he knows. See, basically, she should know what the radar says. And if if he hears it in his ear, maybe he has like an earpiece or something. And it, there's like a ping when it's in the, the radar system says it's in there, but he knows that is just not a strike. Then we can, we can maybe have that conversation, but then we're going to get into other issues. And right. it comes down to, are we just going to take the call away from them or not? And it's, it's yes or no. And, um, I think it's time. I think I really do. I think we're at a point where it's not going to be perfect. It's going to have its issues. But at the end of the day, I think it's the right thing for Major League Baseball going forward. Now, listen, I I I, I understand uh, the argument, and I kind of agree with the argument until it is at least better than what the uh, home plate umpires, the human umpires, are going to do. Then we still need to wait until that technology is ready. But uh, I, I'm on board for when that ha- when that time comes because listen, what you don't want is you know, some of the clips that we've seen where, you know, balls are bouncing. And now obviously there's going to be some, some changing to that. Well, let's make sure it's, it's right before it gets to big league level. Keep playing, keep playing with it at the lower levels until you get it right. Once it's right, I'm ready for it. Absolutely. And just so, just so listeners understand that box that you guys see on Fox sports, understand where that box is. That box is at the very front Front, of the plate, the very front. So say you're throwing a guy with a ridiculous knuckle curve, take somebody like, let's say a guy like who's somebody who's just really known for their knuckle curve right now. Well, I mean, Melanson's got a great knuckle curve. Uh, Take someone like Melanson, say Melanson's on the mound and he breaks off a knuckle curve that just clips the bottom port of the front end of that plate in that box well that ball is biting hard that ball is going to bounce and that catcher is going to block that ball right based on the radar that's a strike 
it's not a strike. And that's the nuance of the game that we need to make sure continues through baseball. That's where the radar system isn't quite ready yet. I just think it needs some smart engineers to get in there and we determine exactly what a strike actually is. Right. There's a, there's a understanding of what it is and all parties involved are on that same page. And then you can take the next step. All right. Um, there clearly were a lot of teams or players uh, that you and I were dead wrong on um, in terms of expectation. And, and I'll start uh, with one, and it was the Cardinals. Ironically, both the Cardinals, uh, the players on the team, the player is on that team too. I didn't see this coming from Tyler O'Neill. I was very skeptical. I knew he was a terrific athlete. I knew he could play D. I just was unsure if he would be able to hit. Um, but he's done that. On top of that, his team is legit. And they come into this Dodgers wild card game with a legitimate chance, obviously because it's a one uh it's a one game wild card. Anything can happen, but they're coming in playing some of the hottest baseball. I was dead wrong about the Cardinals. I picked the Brewers to win it, and I was right about that. But I didn't think there would be a wild card coming out of the central, especially in the Cardinals. Uh, and they were, I saw them up close twice. I saw a change in them from the beginning of the season when, when the Padres played them to at the end when they were rolling. And that team um, plays as good and mistake-free baseball as any team playing right now. So that would be the team that I was dead wrong on. Tyler O'Neill would be the player I was dead wrong on. I would say the team I was dead wrong on was the other way around. And obviously you were dead wrong on them too. So we're going to talk about them real quick. And that's the San Diego Padres. The Padres were the team that we all expected to win a hundred games this season without, without even question. We thought we're going to have three 100 win teams in the national league West. And we didn't end up with that. The Padres with a huge collapse. I think we can all safely say we were wrong about the San Diego Padres. The other team I would say that we were wrong about was the New York Mets. We all thought the Mets had everything they needed. And the thing that really sunk them was not their pitching. Even though their pitching was pretty damn good this year, for the most part, their offense on paper should have raked all season. And they just did not at the end of the day. The team didn't hit. And, uh, you know, we don't really know what's going to happen there in that front office. We don't know who they're going to bring in. There's been a lot of rumors about who's coming in. So I'm, I'm actually quite excited about what's going to happen with the Mets going forward. However, this year you can't pretend that it was not a good or pleasant or even fun year to watch as a Mets fan. And even honestly, looking at it right now, I I have a quote for you for Luis Rojas. Looking back, I feel responsible for a lot of what happened this year. Man, we're at that place that we're actually sitting here that a team we all thought was going to win. We're just getting Mia culpas from your manager. It just what a letdown of a year. Yeah. No, listen, you and I had conversations about both of those teams. Clearly, the Padres is the easy one. I, I was going to use them in my next one, most surprised. Uh, I, I, And I guess it works for either one, but uh, you're right on the Mets. We both thought that the Mets, you know, had enough. Um, and then we thought they would win by default, basically, because nobody else was winning in that division. And uh turned out uh, that we were dead wrong on that. But mm-hmm. – um, in terms of teams who surprised, because that's our next category, who who surprises the most? Uh, it would go down as the Giants and the Padres. It, Giants in a good way did not see them. I knew they were a good team. Don't get me wrong, but I didn't think they were 107 wins good. 
that's that's uh, that's mind blowing to me. Uh, but after watching them play as many times as I did, um, it's not all that much of a surprise. They they play mistake free. Uh, the veterans uh, on that team kind of got their second wind um, and and came in with an open mind to change some things, and it's worked for them. Um, they took flyers on their starting rotation. Uh, they got they lucked out. Gosman took his qualifying offer. Turned out to be a, an all star. Uh, Di Scafani, one year deal. He turns out to be a, a gem. And then lastly, Webb, the, the the rookie, who I don't even know if they had in their plans in terms of being in the rotation. He arguably was their best pitcher from start to finish this year. Uh, and then you 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 add the way that they played the game. Um, it's a little bit different. They'll match up in the third inning. They had seven bench players. Nobody has seven. Nobody has barely, – teams barely have four. They had seven, and they do it because of the way they play – and it works. Now, on the bad side, the Padres, we, we've talked about it at, oh, at least I've talked about it at nauseum. I, <laughs> this is, they, they didn't perform to the level that I think we all expected, starting with the starting, to start, that was the starting pitching. They didn't, uh, Snell didn't get it going until August. You Darvish was great early, got injured, and then that changed. He, he kind of wasn't himself from that point on. Uh, Chris Paddock, struggled early he got hurt morty hone they lose early in april um weathers started off good faded towards the end um they just and then the bullpen had to shoulder the load and to their credit they got through uh april all the way up to august really shouldering the load with, with at the top top of the the league and then they got tired and then the offense just wasn't the same this year although Tatis had an MVP caliber year. Machado did his normal career averages, 28, over 100 ribbies, 275, 280. They didn't have enough from the supporting cast. And that's a supporting class that had an all-star in Jake Cronenworth. Uh, and so, you know, you look at this team, to me, that's the biggest surprise. As you said, there was no doubt that they were going to the playoffs. And here we are talking about them outside of the playoffs. Yeah, and it's a and it's a what a letdown. I mean, I really wanted this season for the Padres. I, I I was expecting this season to be huge for the San Diego Padres. I think their fans were very much expecting it. Um, but you know, the future. I I don't want to say the future. I think the immediate future for the Padres right now is still pretty bright. I think Absolutely. this team can come. Yeah, can turn right around next year and come back and win a hundred games next year. Now, I don't feel the same way about the team three years from now, but. Next year, this team is ready to compete, provided they can get healthy, provided they can maybe add one or two new pieces. We don't know what the managing situation is going to be right now. Obviously, there's a lot of rumors taking place um, and a lot of people saying that reports are too early. But listen, the Padres are a team that is primed and ready to go. And if that city needs something, they need the Padres in October. Can you imagine how just remember how loud that place was in April when they're playing against the Dodgers? I want that yeah. in October for that city. So, so bad. And that was only at half capacity at that point. So, yeah, it, it could it, it the potentials there. They still I 100 percent agree. The, the immediate future is still good for the Padres moving forward. So they'll have a chance uh, to, to maybe exercise those demons next year. All right. Wh what are you most looking forward to next season aside from the Padres? Well, before that, really quick, I do want to say the team that did, I was a huge surprise to player and team real quick. Give, give it to me. Ladies and gentlemen, the Seattle Mariners yeah. and on the Seattle Mariners, Mitch Hanniger. 
Mitch Hanniger's coming out party this last month was been was so much fun to watch. So much so that, like I said, we talked about it actually last week. This season, this month turned me into a Seattle Mariner fan, man. It was like 1997 all over again. I couldn't believe what I was doing. I was staying up late watching Mariner games at midnight because I cared about this team's going forward because they made me care about them. I didn't have them even on my list to even pay attention to this season, let alone root for on game 162. I, there's nothing else I can say. The, San, the, the Seattle Mariners were so much fun. They gave me a different type of sense of hope and watching Major League Baseball this season. It was honestly like watching Ted Lasso. <laughs> good, good call. Good call, Ted Lasso. Great show, by the way. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, the Mariners they have to have, they have to be there in surprise. I, I think um, a lot of people around baseball knew they had some talent, but thought they were a few years away. Uh, they put this in overdrive, and, and Mitch Haniger. We've been down here this 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 road with Mitch Haniger. This isn't a surprise uh, that he's played. He's dealt with injuries over the last couple seasons. He's finally healthy uh, and back to playing some good baseball again. And he was one of the catalysts. I mean, they had a they got a bunch of young guys on that team. Uh, San Diego State alum Ty France over there, who traded from the Padres uh, in last year's deal, was a big part of that. JP Crawford uh, really coming into his own. So they got they got some young studs over there that that played well down the stretch. They couldn't quite get over the hump, but you're right they they have to be in that conversation for for biggest surprises this season, no doubt. Yeah, and they were just also really fun to watch, so much so that you and I were sitting here begging, hoping, dreaming for pure chaos for game 163. But we didn't get it. Next year. Next year, baby. Speaking of next year, what are you looking forward to most next season? You know what? I'm looking forward to this offseason because that's going to give me a great idea of where we're going to actually Good go. I'm, lo- I'm looking forward to seeing what the Padres do. I'm looking forward to seeing what the Mets do. Obviously, I'm looking forward to what the Dodgers do. Um, the Dodgers are clearly a team that has made it abundantly clear that nothing is off the table and they will do anything to win. So I am really excited because they just throw a wrench into the offseason every year now. Um, other teams that I really think could be interesting, the Oakland A's, especially if these rumors about, you know, but, you know, Billy Bean possibly going to over to Queens is real. What are the Oakland A's going to be like without Billy Bean for the first time in 25 years? Um, you know, what what are the Texas Rangers going to do? The Yankees, can they sustain this? The Red Sox. I mean, it's just this offseason is going to be fascinating because there are teams that we've already discussed today that are right on the cusp, right there, ready to overtake these teams that we have been talking about for the last seven years. Yeah, no, I think. What I think the the thing that I'm looking forward to most is you know that young talent how they how they progress and I'm talking about Major League Baseball wide, uh, but you're right the teams that I want to keep an eye on Oakland that's definitely one Kansas City is another one I thought uh, they team would be a little bit better we'll see how they or if they can take that next step I'm interested to see what the Rockies are going to do I mean uh, they finished the year playing some pretty good baseball. Um, they keep the, the energy, the interim GM, they didn't trade Trevor's story. Uh, now, although they did kind of have a, say their goodbyes at the end of the, in the season, cause he's obviously going to be a free agent. Um, I'm interested to see where they go. Um, those are just among some of the teams that I, I, I'm paying close attention to, uh, moving forward. How do, what are the Cubs going to do? I mean, they seem to be in full rebuild, re, re- rebuild mode, um, how fast can they get that team back up? 
uh, up and running again. So a lot, a lot of things to, to pay close attention to next year. Now, obviously, playoffs start tomorrow. Uh, Yankees, Red Sox, Tuesday, Cardinals, Dodgers, uh, Wednesday. Before I get your, your predictions, who do you think is best fit to beat the Rays out of the New York Yankees and Boston Red Sox? Because the winner of that will obviously play the Rays. Based on last weekend, it wasn't the Yankees. The Rays look so good. So of those two teams, I think the Red Sox have a better shot against them. However, I don't think either of them have a shot against them. I think the Rays are that good. I truly do. I think the Rays, you know, if the Dodgers get knocked out, I think the Rays are going to be your World Series champions of 2021. Rays definitely play... uh... They play some good baseball, man. That was pair watching the Yankees squad go up against them um, those first two nights. It just seemed like they overwhelmed. Now, granted, they saw the back end of that rotation, um, and you know, not the top part of it, but they still kind of carved it up. The last game was 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 a really good one. Uh, Cardinals Dodgers. Um, who who do you think has the best chance? I think I know your answer on this. Who do you think has the best chance to beat the Giants? I think the Dodgers have a better chance to beat the Giants, obviously. I think they are a better team. Here's the problem. This is why the Dodgers desperately needed to win that division, because I'm going to say something right now. I'm going to make a bold prediction. That could be wrong tomorrow, but here it is. Ladies and gentlemen, your 105-win Dodgers, yeah, they're going home after game one. The Cardinals are going to move on, and I really think it's going to happen. We're going to watch... And I don't think this is a good thing, technically, for baseball. I think this is actually a bad thing for baseball. But the Cardinals are a team I don't want to face right now. The Dodgers, I don't think, want to face right now, especially in a one-game playoff. This team lost one game in their last 20 games, and it was because they were out partying the night before, celebrating the previous 17 games. Yeah, no, you're right. It's a dangerous, dangerous game the Dodgers are in. And it wasn't for like they just packed it in. I mean, the Giants just wouldn't lose. I I, I think they went something like 41 and 11 the last 52 games and only gained one game on the Giants. So that's how good that's how the that's how good the Giants have been playing. Listen, first, uh, I think the Yankees are the better team that's going to could give the Rays a better shot than the Red Sox. I just don't trust the, the the Red Sox. I mean, neither I trust neither of their starting pitching, but I trust the Red Sox starting pitching even less. So I'll take the Yankees on that one. Uh, as much as I 100% agree that the Cardinals are not a team you want to face, I just like my chances of Max Scherzer going up against Wainwright. Wainwright's been dominant. He's been, at 40 years old, he's been dominant. Just carving, carving these cats up at the plate. But I like Max Scherzer. I just think he's a big game pitcher. I think he ends up winning. I hope he ends up winning because I don't know that it's as you said, it's good for for baseball that they that it that it ends up any other way than the Dodgers facing the Giants in this next round. All right, uh, the other two sides that are set are the White Sox Astros matchup, Atlanta Milwaukee. Who do you like in the Chicago uh, Houston matchup? I like the White Sox. I really yeah, I do. do. I think the White Sox are going to get themselves over to the uh, the ALCS, but that's the question: Can they get past that? The, the I don't. I I think Houston is kind of on the way, going the opposite direction, and I, I don't mean that in a way that they're going to stop being a playoff team. But I don't look at them right now the way that I've looked at them these last few years. Maybe it's the lack of having Springer in that lineup. Maybe it's knowing that Verlander's out, knowing that pitching staff is not quite the same pitching staff it once was. That being said, this. 
is a team that can 100% win this World Series. But I look at the White Sox, and they're the up-and-comers, where the Astros seem like the team that is starting to age out a little bit. So I'm going with the White Sox making it to the ALCS, and uh, I'm looking very, very forward to that series. No, I'm 100% with you. I I, I think the, the White Sox are the better team here. Um, uh, I don't know if Houston's on their way out or not, but it doesn't seem like they are that same squad. And maybe it's because they don't have Springer. Springer Dinger's now hitting uh, those jacks in, in, in Toronto. So uh, I'm with you. I like the White Sox. I picked the White Sox to get to a World Series. I'm sticking with that, even as Tampa continues to just be the machine that they are. How about the Atlanta-Milwaukee series? This is a good series. This is actually a better series than people are giving credit for. Yeah, yeah, I agree that the Atlanta Braves maybe won out their division because they took advantage of a very, very, very bad NL East. But Milwaukee losing Devin Williams is not a small thing. No, this was this was a thing where I thought if Milwaukee was just leading by the seventh, Milwaukee wins the end. I don't feel that seven way. game inning. Yeah, seven, seven inning game. Yeah. I don't feel the same thing anymore. I don't feel like this team has it all wrapped up. Now, you get the ball in Hader's hand, absolutely, but I feel like they're going to have to lean on Hader a little bit, bring him in early, have to pitch four outs, maybe five outs, maybe get a whole six outs. That's going to affect how he's going to be used later on in the series. I do think Milwaukee is going to win this series, but I think it's going to be a hard-fought series, but because of how they're going to have to use their bullpen, they're going to have to lean on their starters pretty hard. I really don't think they're going to be able to get past the CS Milwaukee, but I do think they're going to be able to get past the Atlanta Braves. Yeah, no, this is this is honestly a, a toss up right here. Uh, I think these two teams are matched up well, especially with Darren Williams uh, not not available. I'm gonna go with Milwaukee too. Uh, I, I think this team that that one two monster is as good as one two you can get, and, and with Peralta throwing the ball pretty well too going into this. Um, I like Milwaukee. I do think it's going to be an issue. I think the same way. It's going to be tougher to get past the NLCS because you don't have a guy like Williams. And you are going to, and at that time, you're starting to stack up these starts on the starters if you are fortunate enough to get that far. So um, I, I, I agree. I like, I like Milwaukee in that series. We'll see how this kind of all unravels. That's going to do it for this week. Make sure you join us again next week. Cody, myself, John Heyman are always here with you week to week. Cody, where can I find you? You can find me on Twitter at Decker six. And of course, Instagram anti-hero baseball and check out everything I got going on. Of course, my other show bet M- at bet uh, MGM MLB podcast powered by BetQL. We're going to be breaking down every one of these playoff games going forward and all the gambling lines that are going to be there. So check those out as well. Indeed. You can find me on Twitter at, at Tony Gwynn jr. You can find me as well on IG at Tony Gwynn underscore Gwynn Jr. You can find me on Gwynn and Chris on the Odyssey uh, sister station in San Diego on 97.3 The Fam. Make sure you check out every episode of Big Time Baseball. It's on the Odyssey app. You can get it on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you find your favorite pad- podcast. Make sure you leave us a comment and a five-star rating. We'll keep you in tune what goes on with this playoff run. Until next week, Tony Gwynn Jr., Cody Decker. Big time baseball. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story and one of the best 
stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team.